When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Steelers Sunday Night Q&A. I am Jeremy Betts, your host of this incredible show where we get to answer your questions and queries about the Pittsburgh Steelers and just chat it up a little bit about our favorite gridiron gang. Today, joining me is none other than Jeffrey Benedict, the man himself, uh, coming on to talk some Steelers football. Jeffrey, how you doing this weekend, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Having a good time. I'm I am leaving tonight for oh. Costa Rica. I'm going to be gone for like nine days. So uh, this is this is my last live uh, performance here on behind the steel curtain for for almost okay. two weeks. Man alive! Uh, okay, so tell me this: Are you a vacationer who? No, I assume this is for vacation, not for work. Am I correct? It's, it is. It is. It's a it's a school trip. Okay, my daughter is going on it, so I am going to chaperone. Nice. Okay. So uh, since it's a school trip, I'm sure you guys have an itinerary planned day to day, but tell me this, Jeff, uh, when you go on vacation by yourself or just with your family, are you a, just let it come guy fly by the seat of your pants guy, or do you schedule everything out? How do you do it? I have everything scheduled out, man. Every nice. Otherwise it's just downtime and we're all like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, what is there to do? And we don't like it. So we we schedule it out. We do all kinds of stuff. We hit we get a we hit a lot of things. Um, I always I'm always the guy looking at where we are and where are we going to eat. Uh, yes, get something good to eat. That's that's my thing. Uh, so yeah. I'm looking for I'm looking forward to our trip, but hopefully it'll be get some good food. Yeah, absolutely. I, you don't go anywhere where you can't get good food close to it. That's that's always been my thing for sure. I grew up in a family where we planned everything out, so vacations yep. were always just every, every second had had something going on something planned my dad bought a book to schedule out our our disney world trip so we did that <laughs> and then my wife's family is the total opposite she and her family just kind of go and chill and whatever they feel like doing that day is what they go do so it's been a dynamic switch for me but <laughs> You guys didn't come on here today to hear us chat about vacations and everything. Looks like we got some of the gang here today. Afton, uh, we got Gavin, Anthony is here, Kathy. Um, so a lot of our sane individuals that come on to talk with the sane people about Steelers football, right? We we bring a voice of sanity to the to the Steelers football. I like to think Absolutely. that. But if you have questions. Post them on the chats. If you want to make sure your question gets answered, uh, definitely hit that super chat button and we will make sure we get that one answered. But shoot, guys, whenever you have a question come up. Jeffrey, what's up on the Steelers calendar that you're looking forward to most? Is it mandatory minicamp? Is it training camp? What you looking forward to? 
I am very much looking forward to uh, mandatory mini camp. Just I love, I love everything. So mandatory mini camp is our next step, and I think you you get to see the veterans get pushed a little more. The veterans have to do a little more at mandatory mini camp uh, it, when they show up for voluntary OTAs. It's kind of like their their weekend trip, like for the for yeah. practices. It's not that bad, but we get to see a little bit more. Uh, to every step, really. Whatever is the next step, I'm looking forward to it. Sadly, I'm not going to be in a position to get much news about it, uh, but I'm I'm always excited for for literally anything that has these guys in practice doing anything. I love it, especially this time of year when there's not much going on in the football world. It's about to go dark on us really for a, a couple months, and we're not going to have much news. It's kind of been that way, Jeffrey, uh, over the last couple of days too. Not much news. I think uh, Jeff Hartman at uh, at the website and with uh, Steel Curtain Network broke some news that the Steelers were potentially interested, very interested in um, Chase Young in Washington. So if you didn't check out Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride podcast from Friday, he talks about that. Um, but Jeffrey, let's answer a question here from Justin Spence. He says, is 14-3 and three possible? Is 14-3 and three possible? I don't know. That's a big ask for this team in a loaded AFC, but let's wow. look at that schedule, Jeffrey. And I don't know, man, there there's potential. If, if some of these things hit um, you're, you're talking about a schedule. I, I've been on record um, predicting that. I believe that whoever wins the AFC North in 2023 will have the number one seed in the AFC because the, they play the AFC South, the AF, NFC West, has a couple good teams. Other than that, it, it looks pretty weak. So the schedule definitely favors the AFC North team. Whoever can come out of that division, the AFC East is going to beat each other up. The AFC West, they're going to be tough again. They're going to be playing uh, against the AFC East. So it is going to be extremely difficult for these other teams to to really make a run. So 14-3 and three for the Steelers, though, Jeffrey. What do you think, man? Tell us. Okay, if they stay healthy, which obviously for 14 and 3 being possible, you've got it, you've got to have great health. You've got to have everyone healthy, everyone playing well. Rookies have to do pretty well. Uh, you're going there. What I'm really looking at is I think if you want, if you're sticking 14 and 3, you only get one loss before the bye. Yeah. Right? Because you then you Absolutely. then you've got to like that's that's four and one before the bye, which means you've got to go 10 and 2 after the bye, which is crazy. But yeah. that's your past of 14 and 3. Um, I think I looking at it, is it possible? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. kind of the crazy high-end possibility. Like we come out first week against the 49ers, pull a big, another big week one victory on the road, like kind of thing. We could do that, right? And yeah. then we, you know, we lose somewhere in there. And after the bye week, you're thinking, okay, the rookies are going, the everyone's going strong. Maybe we split with Cincinnati. We sweep the Browns. You know, you've got you've got one loss in there, and it's going to be – I mean, somebody's going to get this team, Jaguars, yeah. Titans. Somebody's going to get them. They're going to have an off week, whatever. That would be your absolute high end to me. I can't see going any higher than that. But that's – it's crazy, right? 14 and right. 3 is flat out crazy, but it's not yeah. outside of the realm of crazy possibilities. We get into the higher – the low percentage odds. I think that's that's in there. But I, I don't think it's likely, especially when you look at the amount of turnover. Uh, one thing yeah. I've been talking about a lot is 
the secondary and the inside linebackers have exactly two starters returning. Right. Patrick and Levi Wallace. And that's it. And that's, that that's it. That's seven of your players in most situations on the field. And you've got two yep. of them back and five new ones. That's going to be tough. And defense is all about communication. And I mean, we know that from years and years where this team's lack of communication on the back end absolutely wrecked their, their chances in big moments, big games, even though the offense was really good at times in the 2015 to 2018 time frame where you just had all pros all over the place on the offensive side of the ball. All that turnover on defense will be tough to overcome. Sherry gives her thoughts on it. She says, I think 12 and five is the highest 10 and seven is the lowest. That's a high floor Jeffrey. Uh, but I would tend to agree. I think this team hits, hits their over, which is eight and a half right now. This team at eight and a half wins in, in Vegas, that's that's easy money, Steeler Nation. Not telling you what to do here, but uh, yeah, that's, that's easy. easy money. Like, <laughs> like, no, like really the floor for this team until Mike Tomlin shows he's actually capable of having a losing season. Because so far the man can just trip into a winning season. Like the man trips, fall, yeah. man falls down the stairs and wins the season, right? That's that's yeah. what happens. Like he, bl- <laughs> he could blunder his way into a winning record. Eight, eight and one is the, is the floor. That's the bottom. Yeah. This team is not having a losing record. Uh, so Vegas say that, yeah, bet the over. Like, seriously, Absolutely. bet the over. This team, is Especially, way, this team is better than last year's. And and the schedule is favorable. Yeah. The first half of last year's schedule was a gauntlet no matter how good that team was. There were going to be – there were, were games that were going to be tough to win no matter what. I mean, looking at the first half of the season here, it's 49ers, Browns, Raiders – Texans, Ravens, Rams, Jaguars, Titans. I mean, uh, it's hard to see the Steelers having anything but a, 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 a sizably winning record, sizable winning record in the first half of the season. Sorry, I was yeah. trying to figure out how to put that, but <laughs> you've got to you've got to think that they don't lose more than two or three games in the first half of that that yeah. schedule if they're playing to their potential. Now that is the key. Can they do it? You never know. Are there holes that we don't know about yet? Are some of these guys not as good? Are we going to see a drop-off from Cam Hayward? Is TJ Watt not going to come all the way back from his injury? I mean, I don't necessarily believe all those things will will hit the Steelers hard and, and force them to be worse. But you never know, I guess. You never know. But we can be fairly certain. Um, Brian Brown, Brian Brown says, this team isn't having a loss. How are you going to score on this defense? Jeffrey. That's a great question. How are you going to score on this defense? I'm not saying they're that good, but if you're an offense attacking the Steelers defense based on that personnel, let's answer this question. How are you attacking the Steelers defense in 2023? I've got two main ways. One, I'm looking to get Minka Fitzpatrick. Anytime it's DeMonte Kazi and Minka Fitzpatrick at safety, I'm looking to get Minka Fitzpatrick down in the box, in motion, on a man. Uh-huh. Not in a zone. If you can get him switched into man coverage, he's only defending that guy. And he's not even like a great man defender. He's not a bad one, but he's not great. You can still throw at him. Like you completely neutralize him. If you get him into like a Terrell Edmonds type of role, make of his Patrick isn't the same player. He's not as impactful. Uh, that's one way. Convince them to go. You know, if you figure out what, what keys send the Steelers into a, 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 a cover one type of man defense trigger those absolutely trigger those get minka down in the box 
The other one is attack the linebackers, and that's also going to be key to fit Minga down there. As you attack those linebackers, uh, the biggest problem there is Cole Holcomb, probably the best coverage linebacker we have. He hasn't played yet. He's still getting, re- he's still recovering from injury. They're still easing him in. He's not a great coverage linebacker to begin with. He's coming off an injury, man. Yeah. That is where you attack. You attack the linebackers in coverage, force Minka to come up and help, and then he's not where he's helping those cornerbacks. You've got young quarterbacks who have been communicated a lot together. You know, you could you can get some trouble. You can get some problem. Yeah, yeah I see this team as as one that's built to shut you down on first and second down and then attack you with that pass rush on third mm-hmm. down. And I think offenses, opposing offenses might take on a kind of a quick throwing identity kind of like we saw out of the late era Ben Roethlisberger Steelers you're just hitting stuff underneath working those linebackers uh, working the the corners on the outside with you know just trying to get them out of position but you eliminate the pass rush which is what which, which is going to be the Steelers bread and butter again in in 2023 that's what they're built around with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi pushing pockets all day long so yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of dink and dunk against this defense and try to, like you said, move those safeties up and then maybe try to hit them deep. I think the Steelers really tried to design their defense here to shut down the run, force teams to throw the ball and try to get vertical on them so that way their their pass rush can really affect quarterbacks. But it's, it's going to be extremely interesting to see for sure. Um, uh, kind of going along with that, Mark Malone says, I wish Uncle Tom Lim was capable of winning a playoff game. Is this the year, Jeffrey? Is this the oh, year oh. we win a playoff game? <laughs> I mean, you might want to, you might want to, you might want to not turn off your recency bias there because, uh, he, he has some impressive playoff wins in his history. He does uh, yeah. when he has a good team. Um, Steelers haven't been a good team for a while, they, they haven't been that level of team. They were there. They were almost there in 2016. Won some big games. 2017, yeah. they were lined up, but the linebacker position fell apart. Uh, so they, they're there. I don't think he's incapable, but I do think this is the year we push for it. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we get a good enough seed that we don't draw like a Kansas City or a Buffalo because we're not going to be there. Kenny Pickett in yeah. year two isn't going to be ready to to duel. You know, prime Josh Allen, prime Patrick Mahomes. You would need a a monster effort from the defense in a situation like that. You would. And you need a lot of players to step up on offense. Could could it happen? Yeah, but the odds are very low at that point. Uh, If we have a good enough record to start, though, we get get an actual seed. We're one of the higher seeds in the the wild card race. Then then I think we're all right. I think we can can definitely get a playoff win this season. I think so, too. And But once you get there, it's going to be some high-powered teams. It really is. is. And it's I mean, AFC is stacked. Yeah, look at the just the wild card teams that could potentially be. If if we even look at last year and kind of pencil in those those division winners as the guys, you've got Miami, you've got the Jets, you've got the the Steelers or the Ravens. You know, kind of penciled in there as potential playoff teams. You've even got maybe some some surprise teams that could get into the mix i don't know maybe the patriots it's gonna be tough for them i don't know if you've looked at their schedule jeffrey it makes the the steelers fans heart glad but their first 
five or six games. I don't see how they're winning a game. I really don't. And Bill Belichick could be sitting at oh and a lot heading into the middle portion of the season, and that uh, that would be a big deal for them. Hey, uh, I, one absolutely. of my favorite facts. One of my favorite facts is Bill Belichick has a losing record without Tom Brady. Mike Tomlin yep. has a winning record without Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, when we're talking about which coach is better and which coach was carried by a Hall of Fame quarterback, um, the answer might not be the one you think. Yeah, because one I, of them, one of them yeah. isn't making the playoffs. Period. Without without Tom Brady, like one of them's think, not even having a winning record. Right. I think we've we've answered the question: Who was more important to the Patriots dynasty, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? That answer. Yeah, we know. That that has been answered. I think we all know. Yeah, it was the Michigan kind of. Guy. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He was, but uh, Brian Brown kind of echoes what we're saying here. There's not going to be any bad teams in the playoffs. It, well, you know, I mean, there, there was that one year the Steelers made it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Completely but, fell apart and walked into the playoffs and yeah, oh, that was an awful experience. Not in 2023 though. I just don't see it in the AFC. Yeah, I don't see it happening. If the, if the Steelers were in the NFC, Jeffrey, this team's going to the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> I mean, if you look okay, if you go to the NFC side, yeah, this team is like this team is is division round. You're you're saying they have a really good shot of making the NFC championship game, and they've got a pretty decent shot of going to the Super Bowl at that point. Like, man, that it's crazy how the divisions are right now. Yeah, it really is. <clears throat> Gavin Anthony says there will probably be bad teams, but they'll all be in the NFC. So he <laughs> yeah, he agrees. He, with us here, Jeffrey. Let's talk since since we're we've got kind of a dearth of questions coming in here. Let's talk a little bit about mandatory minicamp coming up, and there's there's going to be media availability, so we'll get reports out of that camp about how things are going. Obviously, it is going to be somewhat limited, but we'll get an update from Mike Tomlin every day. Uh, what do you want to see the kind of the reports coming out of of mandatory minicamp being? Obviously. For me, number one would be health. We want everybody yeah. to still be healthy coming out of mandatory minicamp. But anything other than that, any specific players you want to hear good things about? I want to hear. I want to keep hearing that the rookies are on a fast learning curve, right? I want to hear that, especially yeah. Joey Porter Jr. The news we're hearing about Corey Trice is great. You know, that's like that's great. One of those two guys have to hit. If both of them hit, I've said this before, but if Corey Trice and Joey Porter Jr. are both NFL quality starting cornerbacks, not even pro bowls, not superstars, not hall of famers, but they're good starters. That's huge. That's enormous. Yeah. That's, that's how defenses like, you know, the Seattle 23rd, the Legion of boom, like that's how they got started is they found two starters. that were really good in one draft class and put them together. Like they found guys yeah. and, and one of them was later, you know, if, if Keanu Benton's keeps, keeps showing up, keeps looking like he's going to be a good player and not a liability. Normally rookies on the interior offense, a defensive line, yeah. unless they're one of those like top freakish athletes, like a Warren Sapp, somebody like they're a liability, especially to start mm. their career. I mean, Cameron Hayward didn't start right as good as that man. And he, he wasn't ready, right? It's, yeah. it's a interior is so much more. You, you watch tape on veteran offensive linemen, like a guy like Isaac Sayomalu, who the Steelers added. You watch that guy, and then you say, you put a young rookie, no matter how talented they are, against that guy. If they're not just physically bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic, and able to just get away with whatever they do 
because you just can't physically stop them, they're going to struggle. Yeah. When you got guys with that kind of polish, that kind of technique, those kind of weapons in their bag. Yeah. Nah, rookies don't have a chance. It's going to, it's going to help a lot that he's going to get to play next to Cam Hayward. It Obviously is. that that's going to be a huge boost to him, but I mean, you're, you've said it, we've even seen it from guys along the defensive line that have major profiles coming out of college, big time blue chip talents that take a year or two to get up and running Christian Wilkins in Miami. A lot of people thought after year one that, oh man, they wasted that pick on Christian Wilkins and he's just completely turned it around. He's a fantastic player. We live in a world of instant gratification, Jeffrey, and that doesn't always happen in the NFL. You got to give these guys time to develop. Speaking of defensive linemen that <laughs> the Steelers uh, that are on the Steelers radar, Brian Mizwa says, what do you guys think the reality of Khan pulling off bringing us Chase Young? Heard insiders say it's possible our very own Jeff Hartman got some inside news on this as well, that the Steelers might be very interested. That was on his Let's Ride podcast on Friday. Go check that out from the Steel Curtain Network if you haven't already. But, Jeffrey, I, I don't know if if Khan will actually make this move, especially this year, uh, but you can never have too much talent along the defensive line or at edge. So... I don't know. It, it, it seems to it seems to be maybe an Omar Khan type of move based on what we've seen so far. It's not something that's out of the the realm of of what he's willing to try, but the price would have to be right, and the the Steelers would probably have to have some injury uh, guarantees in a contract if they were to give him one based on some of the injuries he's had. So I don't know how that would all play out. What do you think? I think. I think the news that the Steelers are interested makes sense to me. Mike Tomlin loves what he's seen from, from Chase Young. When Chase Young is healthy and when he's playing well, he's incredible. He's an absolute monster out there. You put him across from TJ Watt when he's healthy and good, that's insane. And that's what people are thinking. Like, whoa, can you imagine two guys that are like defensive player of the year kind of, you know, talents on yeah. opposite sides of each other. That's just that's the steel curtain back again. That's what you're talking about there. Chase Young isn't that dude right now. Yeah. He is far, far from that dude right now. Uh, we've seen what he can be, but we don't hear much about him when he's not playing at all. And so people tend, I think, to forget the fact that he hasn't been in there uh, playing, but he is incredible. If he was able to bounce back to, to being in form and, and in great health, fantastic. But what are you paying for that? Yeah. You know, he's he's owed, I think, what, 10 million this year? And that's yeah. not that's not roster bonuses and stuff. That's not money already paid him. We're not getting out right. of any of that. And that is Washington's not money going to him. Yep. Us, him for a reasonable pick and then say, Oh, yeah, we'll pick up the money. It's not like Chase Young is an issue on their team. It's just he's movable. Right. And if Washington can get a decent return for him and move on. They probably will, but are we willing to pay that? Are we willing to pay what would get to cost to get him? I don't think he's coming here because I think you'd have to have two things. One, you'd have to overpay the round of yeah. the pick of the round, probably man, are you, a second round. Yeah. You think you could get it for a third? I don't know if you could get him for a third. And then you can't pay him and Alex Highsmith both on the year of the contract. You'd have to extend one of them. One right. of them has to be extended, probably Highsmith to me. Uh, but 
then what are you doing? You pay Highsmith a you pay Highsmith longer term money, then why did you bring in Chase Young? If you invest yeah. in all in Chase Young, what happens when he doesn't work out and you have to let Alex Highsmith go? Like, are or are you are you banking on TJ Watt being done? Like, you yeah, owe no. a lot of money to TJ Watt. You you better right. hope he's back. Yeah, I, just I mean, see it making sense to me. It it makes sense from what the Steelers like, what Mike Tomlin likes. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, he's he's obviously on record saying he hopes he never loses enough games to where he could get a guy in the draft like Chase Young. But I mean, there's been kind of comparisons drawn to the Minka Fitzpatrick situation. Um, and rightfully so from an interest perspective, from uh, how he fits the st- could potentially fit the Steelers uh, as a, as a player in style, but it's, it was a different story for Fitzpatrick. I mean, he was going into his, his second year, I believe after a rookie season where he just didn't, it just wasn't working in Miami. Yeah, and he wanted out. Yeah. And he wanted out exactly. So maybe young wants out. We don't know that for sure. There hasn't been much chatter on that front, but I mean, if you look at some of the most more recent Super Bowl teams, more recent real contenders, they have been outside of the Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs where yeah. it's all about the quarterback and you just maybe need a piece or two on defense. Depth along the the front seven, it has been one of the biggest uh, reasons teams succeed. So, I wouldn't be opposed to it if they can get it for the right price, but I do think you couldn't you couldn't spend like a third round pick to to get him over here and, and that's about as much as i would do with the contract that you're going to have to take on and a decision as to whether or not you're going to pay him uh, after that so it be, it becomes very very murky for the steelers if they try to move forward with some of that um let's throw this up here claude bishop says i agree oh glad he's back in the burg i'm sorry i thought he she was uh agreeing with you there but let's see here. No, I think it's about the congrats to Kutch on, on 2,000 hits. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, congrats to Kutch on 2K hits. That was fantastic. I'm, oh, I'm man, a huge fun to Kutch see, fan. wasn't it? Yeah, even if I you're... Mean, I was like, when they signed him, I'm like, you know what? This is clearly, like, everyone's like, oh, they're just signing him. So people go, to, I'm like, you know what? It's going to work. I'll go. I will buy a ticket to go into PNC Park and cheer for Andrew McCutcheon. Because I love the dude. Yeah, I haven't got gotten the opportunity to watch him play in, in a stadium because I oh. don't live anywhere near Pittsburgh, but, <laughs> but um, I, I would love to. And I, every time I get a chance to uh, watch some pirates highlights or watch him play, it's just a treat. Absolutely. So uh, kind of round, rounding out our, our talk about chase young here. Um, Brian Mizwa says maybe a fourth rounder and Dodson, LOL. <laughs> uh <laughs> Keep dreaming there, uh, Brian. That sounds great to me. But um, and then uh, Josh Ashbagash or Ashkabash, they are not paying him ten million, and no one is getting a draft pick unless it's a sixth or seventh rounder. I don't know. Maybe Khan's got something in his sleeve. We'll see. Um, let's take a quick break here, Jeffrey. If you're watching us live, we're not going anywhere. But if you're getting this on audio, we'll be right back after a short break, answering more Steelers questions on this Sunday night Q and A. All righty, we're still here. We're back answering more questions. Throw them in the chats and, and we'll get them answered. Uh, going back to what we were talking about before the break, um, McCutcheon never want to see him, never wanted to see him leave in the first place. He belongs to Pittsburgh. Hope he never leaves again, man. That would be awesome. 
to to see him retire in Pittsburgh. You know, it it's one of those things though where baseball is a little a little more free agent happy than even the NFL is. Players are always moving in, in baseball. So, oh, this is interesting news here. Troy Palomalo will be on all things covered with Brian McFadden. So we'll get a chance to see see that, see Troy Palomalo. That's good news there. It's um, it's always great seeing Troy talk with any of his former teammates. It's a very, yeah. very different interview than if he's talking to a person from the media. Yep. It's just because they know him. And they can they can say things to him that the media if if they if a newspaper reporter said it to him it would come across very different. And Troy is a very different person when he's with that group. He's a very quiet person in public, but but when you see him with the right people, like when he goes and he's talking with Ryan yeah. Clark, it's you get a little glimpse of the other side of Troy Palomalo, and it's a right. lot of fun. It is, man. The passion that they all say he played with next level and you saw it manifested in his play but just oh, whenever you spoke to him or heard him speak it was like oh this this guy plays football he's not he's not your kid's uh second grade teacher <laughs> you know that kind yeah. of demeanor so uh yeah absolutely uh jeffrey let's talk about a guy i'm very interested in for oh oh before we do that we got a question <laughs> brian brown hitting us up with all these questions i i'm so excited for questions i was just like let's get this one up here uh, it says, do you think maybe Joe Burrow has the smallest head in the NFL? It's a good question. <laughs> are you talking about physical dimensions or are you talking about his the size of his ego? Because that, that guy has a very no. healthy ego. Yes. A very healthy one. I like, I like Joe Burrow. I also love it when the Steelers beat him. Yes. I love his face. Week one, by the end of the game, Joe Burrow had no clue what was going on around him. Like, that no. team forgot how to play football <laughs> by the fourth quarter. It was... Oh, I mean, but actually, they, they were playing pretty good at the, by the fourth quarter. Uh, but there were times in that game where Joe Burrow just was like, what is going on around me? Like, what are you yeah. people doing? What's going on? Yeah, I, I love That was one of my favorite things. Yeah, and I know the Steelers barely hung on to that game and probably should have should have lost it, if, if we're being honest, at yeah. the end. But, uh, I mean, the way the defense just jumped all over him to start the game – that was awesome. Speaking of small heads, I was checking out the 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 picture of uh, Cam Hayward and Kenny Pickett doing the prom pose or whatever it was on <laughs> Twitter, and I gotta say, I gotta say, the uh, new Kenny Pickett helmet, the aesthetics of that aren't great. Um, it it really makes him look like he's got a narrow, skinny, small face as well. So yeah. I don't know. Give give your comments on that one. Uh, hopefully, though, and all that I care about is. Maybe he doesn't get any more concussions, Jeffrey, because that is is the hey, big deal for him. He can look as dumb as he could look like you know Darth Helmet in uh, Spaceballs out there with a helmet on. If it keeps him from getting a concussion and and still he can throw the ball, hey, go for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here's a good question, gentlemen. I like it. I'm a gentleman. Are you a gentleman, Jeffrey? Oh, yes, it's <laughs> a little taller for this one. Oh, there you go. Yes, and a, a scholar. Posture. Here Hopefully. we go. Yes, <laughs> yes, Jeremy. What is the question there, chap? Do the Steelers split or sweep the Bengals in 2023? <laughs> that was terrible. Um, I got to work on my British uh, high high and mighty voice there. Well, I got, I got, I'm going to check something real quick. Give your opinion. I got to check something real quick. Okay, yeah. The Steelers will split with the Bengals in 2023. That's my opinion. They're just too good. They're too, too powerful in offense. Their defense is going to be better than many people might think, despite losing a lot of the – 
stars that they had on, on the back end. I just think Luana Rumo and that coaching staff knows how to get the most out of their players on defense. They know how to put them in position to succeed. Mike Hilton on that team, Dax Hill on that team. They're going to be pretty good up front. It's yeah, they've lost some pieces. I think the Steelers have a, a recipe maybe to diminish what Joe Burrow can do a little bit, but you're going to have to jump on them kind of like you did uh, in game one of, of 2022. Do I think they can do that? Yeah, but I I do think it's a, it's a split. It's just they're they're too good a team, and uh, you'd you'd have to you know get an injury or something like that where you're you're just outmanning them. Uh, from a health perspective, potentially to be able to really get get that. What do you think, Jeffrey? Do they split well, or do I they sweep or do really they get quick. swept? <laughs> I wanted to look it up really quick, make sure I wasn't wrong. Um, but the the Bengals did sweep the Steelers two seasons ago. Yes, but since they've gotten Joe Burrow, it, it's been still like it's. I think it's a uh, four and two. Two seasons we we've, we've split, and one season they swept. Yeah, I think we're due to sweep it back. I actually, okay. I actually think we're gonna get them. If you look at our setup, one of the problems we have is like I was talking about Minka Fitzpatrick. If he's up in man coverage, all this stuff. When you play the Bengals, you don't do single high coverage. You're doing two yeah. coverage. It's almost always nickel. I think by the time and the other big thing is we face the Bengals. When's the first time we face the Bengals this season? It is late. It's like week eleven, week yeah, twelve. Week twelve. Week yeah. twelve is when we first face the Bengals. And that's five weeks, five games after the bye. They are the sixth game after yep. the bye week. Week 12, by the time we get there, Joey Porter Jr. is going to be ready. Corey Trice yeah. is going to be ready. Yeah. The se- the communication in the secondary is going to be solved. By the time we got to week 12, all our communication issues were over on the offensive line. They're going to be fine. This defense is going to be ready for the Bengals. Their Bengals are going to spread them out. And the Steelers are going to come out and say, actually, that's when we're at our best. Thank you. Thank you. We right. are built specifically for this. Go ahead. Let's yeah, do I this. Th- I really think the Steelers drafted those corners with the Bengals in mind. I mean, yeah. that's who they got to play. And the Ravens adding all these receivers, too. That's who they got to play twice a year. And you've got Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper in Cleveland. I mean, they're they're getting bigger at wide receiver, too, with, with some of their draft selections. Cedric Tillman coming in. And they've got Donovan Peoples-Jones. So you've got to be physical with these guys. And Steelers saw that. And the Steelers have always built their team to win in the North. And yeah. you got to do that first. So, yeah, I, I I agree with you there. This is a really good question. So, well, hey, guys, why do you think people think Derwin is better than Minka? Saw that today, too. That was, that was just mind-boggling. Minka is more durable, makes more game-changing plays. Why does Derwin James get all the hype? I think it's... I think it's measurables when he came out of college. He was just this, this, this freak of nature. He played so good as rookie season. There's just, and I think he's a, he's a PFF darling as well. When you look at some of the, the advanced stats and everything, they really like Derwin James for some reason. So he often gets put up there above, but as a Steelers fan, I really want to believe that it's just an anti Steelers, hate bias across the league jeffrey because that's what gets my blood boiling and uh makes me feel good (laughs) well i will tell you i I will tell you pff goes beyond like sensible hatred or or even bias against certain things 
against the Steelers in some in some areas. Yeah. But one of the things True. PFF does that, that people have to understand is the best players by PFF grades are the players who excel in a very simple system. The Steelers run one of the better, more complex defenses in the NFL. We're going to. We're always going to do that. We do, that's not the Roonies don't do, you know, like let's run just basic, you know, cover two or whatever. When you get the more simple defenses and a guy does really well in it, it's easy for them to grade him as a plus because they know what he's doing. Yeah. TJ Watt can get can can run up field, get double team, and they can be like, oh, look, he 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 lost that rep. And no, he occupied two guys and that corner blitz. You know, Mike Hilton blitzing off the side is is completely untouched. The guy stepping to the other side right in the arms of Cameron Hayward, and they're like, well, T.J. Watt didn't do great. No, T.J. Watt did exactly what he was supposed to do, right. and he drove the play. <laughs> they just don't recognize it, right? Yeah. So so you got to understand that. So Minka Fitzpatrick doesn't play in a simple enough system. Derwin James doesn't play in the most complex defense. Sure. Uh, well, and also, the same with Jamal Adams. You remember when Jamal Adams was a superstar, right? Yeah. And then he moved to Seattle in a more complex defense, and all of a sudden, uh, he's not so good. Yeah. Uh, if, if you are the only good player on the defense, if you are having to cover for other players in a very simple system, you're going to get better PFF grades. You're going to look better. You just simply yeah. are. Maybe I just don't think you can – yeah, I just don't think you can even put him on the list uh, just because of the injury history. I mean, he's he's a yeah. threat to to miss any game. And, you know, as as talented a player as he is – what do they say? Availability is your best ability. Minka Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick has been highly available to quote Mike Tomlin, highly available for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, yep. over the course of his career. So um, you you can't really compare the two. I don't even think if you're trying to rank them fairly. Minka Fitzpatrick definitely the gold, black and gold standard at safety right now. Here's a fun question. I think I've said that a lot. It's just because I want to answer questions, Jeffrey, on the Q&A. That's what we want to do here. Is Ant Mac a legitimate RB3, or should, should the Steelers be searching for an alternative? Let's get your thoughts on this one first. All right. I think he is. I mean, we saw we saw Benny Snell suddenly look like a viable running back last season where the yeah. offensive line pulled it together, right? Do the Steelers need three legitimate running backs? Only if one of their other guys get hurt. So hopefully not. Hopefully Ant Mac, like if he's the number three, Hopefully he just sits there, right? Yeah. I think what he brings, though, is a slightly different skill set. I think he brings a little more speed, a little more breakaway than either Jalen Warren or yes. Najee Harris bring. And that that can be fun, too. You know, if you're blocking everything right and teams are used to jamming, you know, Najee Harris and stuff, and then you bring in, in, in Anthony McFarland and they, they're more worried about pickings and they're more worried about this guy over here, that's a guy who can break a 30, 40-yard run before you realize, you know, oops, we were slightly out of position. Uh, yeah. He's no fast Willie Parker, but he could be, you know, a little bit of that as a backup. Yeah, yeah and I think he he just, like you said, brings a dynamic that the Steelers don't have in the other two guys. Uh, the other two guys are about power. In Jalen Warren's case, it's about that suddenness, that explosiveness. And for Najee, it's just – he just runs over people, you know. And so – I'm super excited about this running back duo, Jeffrey. I think it can be one of the league's best. I think that they can take a lot of pressure off of Kenny Pickett this year and really be the driving force of this offense and allow Pickett to to grow kind of behind the scenes, if you will, and and lead the offense to to places it wants to go. Let's 
kind of move on here though to another question and uh we'll i'll put up a, a couple different uh statements and questions here uh, jeremiah yoder says are the bungles the only team in the afc north the Steelers split with and that kind of piggybacks on sherry's question what's our division record going to be this year jeffrey you think the the Steelers sweep the Bengals. Are they going six and zero in this division? Then, Jeffrey, or are they going to lose to somebody? Are they going to lose to Cleveland in week two? Ooh. No, no, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Um, no, just no. We're sweeping the Browns. We're sweeping the Bengals. The Bengals is the big one. Um, the but the brownies. Ravens are going to get us once. The Ravens are going to okay. get us once. I, I believe that. I think the one before the one before the bye week. We're going to their place, uh, sure. and I think they're. I think they have a. They could get us that game, uh, but I, I don't know. I'm, am I too high on the Steelers right now? Probably, but it's the right time of season to be super high on the Steelers. Absolutely. I mean, if if you can't be optimistic this time of year, when can you be optimistic? Is my question. Um, David Cano says we're going seventeen and zero. That would mean a clean sweep. I think it's going to be four and two, Jeffrey. I think the Steelers sweep the Browns. I think the Steelers mm. split with the Ravens and the Bengals. So I hate to be the bearer of ill tidings there, but that is my thought on that. What do you, I have? I have a question. I have a question here, and this is okay. this is the one that really really is bugging me because Cleveland is acting like, hey we've got a superstar quarterback. And I'm like, well, he wasn't last year. Yeah. He hasn't been for a while. Right. There's years where he has been very much so. Do you think Deshaun Watson is going to be the Deshaun Watson we remember from Houston? Or are we going to find out that he, you know, if you look at his record against the AFC North, even in Houston, it yep. was bad. Is he going to continue to be that guy stuck in the AFC North? I think so. I really do. I, I think he was he was always a playmaking quarterback, but I never saw him as the clutch quarterback, the guy you you trust to go down the field and, and win you the ball game type of quarterback necessarily. Good stats quarterback, good fantasy quarterback, and you know hype. The hype came from a lot of uh, the box score type things, but his teams weren't ever that great, really. You know, and I, maybe that was more of the culture in in Houston. But can we say the culture is any better? In Cleveland, nah, we can't do that. So I think, I mean, do I think he can he can put up good numbers? I, I think he probably could get there again, but he doesn't scare me like Lamar Jackson could scare me on his best day or Joe Burrow scares me on his best day. Those two guys are in a different category altogether. I, I don't worry about the Steelers going up against Cleveland and Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he gave the pass rush fits in their final game, escaping left and right, but what did he make out of it? Not much. I think the Steelers are even better on in the secondary probably as the year goes on to this year, so I think that they can handle it. But I wouldn't be surprised if Deshaun Watson helps your fantasy team, but the Browns uh, still have questions about whether he is a the superstar quarterback they, they were hoping they were getting when they traded for him. I want to I bring up a comment here. Jeremiah Yoder says, the Steelers get Cleveland in week two in our house. The Steelers will win week two. And this this leads into a question I have too. If if people had to choose, and, and we'll let people in the chat, you can answer this too. If you had to choose, if you were going to split week one and two, right? Mm. One win, one loss. Would you rather lose to the 49ers and beat the Browns? Yes. Or would you take <laughs> the loss to the Browns to have a win against the San Francisco 49ers? Maybe like a weird fluky loss yeah. to the Browns. 
but a win against the 49ers saying, hey, you know what? We can contend with the best teams in this league. Or would you rather have that win against Cleveland? I want that win against Cleveland because it's going to matter in the standings more when we get down the road. But maybe that's just me thinking analytically instead of with my heart. I don't know. I I mean, I still want to beat those Browns. My wife is a Browns fan, Jeffrey. I don't know if you knew that. But yeah. always got to beat those Browns. I can't have my wife lording that over my head for eight <laughs> weeks until we see him again. That's just no. Not you cool. can't. <laughs> Cleveland fans, when their team gets like even the smallest taste of victory, are like yeah. the most unbearable people. We're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> we had our Super Bowl. We beat the Steelers in the 2020 playoffs. That was that was the big thing uh, a couple years ago. Here's a here's a question that I I agree and I still think inside linebacker is the biggest weakness of the defense from Vinny here. I think that it, it's not multiple enough. They don't have the skill sets to handle every task that will be asked of them. Do I think that they can fill gaps and, and shut down the run pretty well? Yeah. I think they're going to be pretty good at that. Do I think that um, if you get like we saw a, few, a couple of years ago with um, Vince Williams trying to cover Keenan Allen in space, against the chargers yeah. and just getting ripped over and over and the Steelers had no answer. I see that being a potential issue heading into this season. If maybe the Steelers will be asking one of their big corners to to come in and, and handle some of that, those duties, or maybe that's Keanu Neal. I don't know, but I'd still think inside linebacker has the, has the chance to be a hole that the Steelers might not be able to over to be able to overcome in some games. What do you think? Well, I remember in 2020, even after Devin Bush went down, the Steelers would go 3-4 personnel against three wide receiver sets and just be like, we don't care. We don't care what you bring in. We'll put anyone on that guy. It doesn't matter. You don't have time to throw to him because you don't have any blockers, right? You have one tight end and one running back. We can send seven at you. You can't, ta- you yeah. can't do it. You can't deal with this. Uh, that was one of my favorite things is when they, they would just be like, we don't care. You have mismatches. It doesn't matter we're going to crush your quarterback and then it doesn't matter who was covering who. Uh, I think the Steelers could be there again. If they can rotate Marcus Golden and get, get good pass rush from him, we could see some of that. Um, I'm not, these running backs aren't coverage guys, but they're also not bad athletes. Yeah. Right. They're not Robert Spillane, Vince Williams. They're not Joe Schobert. They're not late career, you know, uh, Miles Jack. They're not slow. Right. They're not coverage guys, but they're not the slowest. They can shrink the window. If you're if they if you have limited time for that pass rush to get home, they're going to be fine. Yeah, I agree with you. It, to me, it all rides and falls on that pass rush this year, and that's why TJ Watt is so important to this team and he's got to stay healthy. I liked the article uh, where he's talking about just that injury and how he's motivated to move past it this year. I think a motivated TJ Watt is absolute nightmare fuel for the 14 teams on the Steelers schedule this year. That that's gotta be scary. Cause we've already seen the best in the league. Can't block him. He's coming off that right side where offensive tackles tend to be a little, little iffier than maybe the left tackles are, you know? So I think he he's, he's a monster and uh, really brings the pain this year for opposing teams. What do you think? I think so. I, I think it could be really good. I think there's. I think they have a really good rotation there. I think they got a lot of talent. Uh, but I got to bring this up. 
I got to bring okay. this up. I'm because I've been nice. We've been nice <laughs> to each other so far with the Ohio State and Michigan split. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Brian Brown says right here, a Browns fan. Ugh, <laughs> might be a deal breaker for me. Guys, let me tell you something. Ohio State fans cross over with Browns fans a lot more. If you yep. get yourself a University of Michigan girl, I guarantee you she is not a Cleveland Brown fan. Guarantee. Ooh. No one from Michigan, no one cheering for the <laughs> University of Michigan hating Ohio State is going to be like, yeah, but I like the Cleveland Browns. That's a crossover you just don't get. But you get a girl from Ohio State, chances are she probably likes the Bengals or the Browns. Yeah. I've seen a lot of – I've seen a lot more dudes that like like Ohio State and the Steelers than uh, – gals that like Ohio State and the Steelers. So yeah, mm-hmm. you you do have a point there. Sherry's got another question for us. Thank you Sherry for always bringing the questions. What do you see the offense looking like this year? Good. I think it looks good. I think it looks better than it did last year. I think that they have a formula now that they can succeed. I think that they drafted and brought in players to to make that work. I think some of this does depend obviously on the growth of Kenny Pickett. But some of it also depends on how quickly that offensive line gels together with the new pieces and and the uh, I guess the 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 moving of places a little bit there. It's going to it's going to change how this team plays football. But I've said it since before the draft when we were scouting prospects. I think Darnell Washington is a key that could unlock this offense the way Matt Canada wants to to play football because of his versatility and, and the fact that it doesn't matter what you want to run. He can run it when, when he's on the field. So two tight end sets. Yeah, he can do it. Um, Single tight end up the seam. He can be that guy. You need him to just block, be a, a sixth offensive lineman on the goal line. He can do that. You want him to sneak out into the red zone, into the corner and give Kenny Pickett the easy touchdown pass. He can do that too. You don't have you don't have to worry about the defense keying in on oh no 80s in the game they're running the football or 80s in the game they're they're throwing the football it doesn't work that way with with him he's he brings a, a multiplicity to the Steelers offense that is huge multiplicity I love it I love it <laughs> um my question though is can Darnell Washington run a jet sweep that's the real question here people is that the question can he run a jet sweep. <laughs> I don't but think no, that's the me, question. I'm going to answer that, man. The Steelers' offense was so good moving between the 20s. They were methodical. That version of Matt Canada's offense is even better. The offensive line is better. Darnell Washington adds to that. This team is not going to be stopped. They are going to move up the field. You're going to maybe see some more chunk plays. But for a team to be methodical, this offense is built to be the most methodical offense in yeah. the NFL and just wear teams down eat the clock, destroy your defense, tire them out, and just crush you. The problem we had last year was finishing drives. Yeah, right? we that's settled, true. We kicked the most field goals of any team in the NFL. But we had some of the fewest drives of any teams in the NFL in right. the second half, and we still kicked the most field goals. We just never scored touchdowns. Yeah. If that changes, and that's going to change, in my opinion, with Kenny Pickett and George Pickens and Deontay yeah. Johnson, those guys getting on the same page. George Pickens running smooth, cleaner, sharper routes that work better and tighter coverage in the in the in the red zone where you don't have that chuck it 40 yards downfield and yeah. let him just go up one against one-on-one coverage you can't do that in the red zone we saw that, that a little Pickens. yeah we saw that a little more towards the end of the season i think yeah we raiders did. raiders ravens in yeah 
or Raiders Browns in, in big touchdown passes up the seam. Uh, just the intermediate game was starting to click a little bit more for those two. Scary. Yeah, I I think that's the key, man. This uh, this offense to me, don't look at the total points. Don't look at the total yards. Look at points per drive. I think this team will be a top five offense this year. Wow. So based on that, my question to you was going to be, do you think Matt Canada is, is here in 2024? Sounds like you think he will be. Oh, I think he is. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, okay, offensive coordinators – are rarely the problem, right? I agree with the you there. Yeah. Is you don't have the personnel to run their stuff or they don't have, like, that's the biggest one is if you, you have an offense coordinator, you have to build their offense to fit. And if their guys can't execute the offense you have and they can't modify and fit it to someone else, then that's the problem, right? Yeah. Matt Canada's offense is going to work if you have the right people. And he has it. He really has it. If it doesn't now, then you have to look at him and say, okay, how did you suddenly get worse, right? Like, how did you yeah. get worse than you were last season? <laughs> right. And I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that. We saw it start to come together. I think it's going to be even better this year. To me, his biggest weakness was always the play calling, as in knowing when to use certain things, uh, piggybacking off of each other with that. But I think as the players worked into their roles a little bit better, when Najee Harris stopped dancing around like he was Le'Veon Bell in backfields in the second half of last season – and they started splitting their carries, and Jalen Warren was pushing him. Because yeah. Jalen Warren, I really believe, was pushing Najee Harris for touches because he was mm -hmm. being so much more effective behind that offensive line. It just it just created a whole new beast. And we saw that the Steelers, in a shootout, they didn't win the game against the Bengals late in the season last year, but they were able to put up points and, and hang with that team. So... I just think that you're you're going to have a, a, a better unit overall. It will be up to Matt Canada to make these pieces fit because he has no excuse this year. I think it's going to work, though. I really do. Um, I'm going to throw up just a couple more questions here, Jeffrey. We can kind of rapid fire real quick. And uh, how, how about this? Do you guys see more three safety looks than relying on inside linebackers trying to play in coverage? I'll let you answer that while I look for other questions here. I think I think that is a possibility. I think that is something we we can definitely see happening, uh, but Keanu Neal has to has to win that. I was really hoping we'd bring Terrell Edmonds back and put him in and and rotate him in in nickel, like be a big dime set where you've got a you've got a true linebacker and you've got Terrell Edmonds as your number two linebacker, right? Yeah, and and do a three safety look. I, that's what I was kind of looking for. Can Keanu Neal be that guy? <laughs> he might be able to be that guy. We'll see. We'll have yeah. to see. There's optimism in the building for him. I know that that they think he can be a big piece for them. Here's the final question we'll answer here on the Sunday night Q and a, before we wrap it up, Christopher 11 says, will KP be able to get the long ball going in 2023? I think he's going to need to Jeffrey to, to balance out this offense. What do you think? Um, I'm trying to look it up. He was one of the better quarterbacks throwing the ball deep last season. Didn't have a whole bunch of shots, but he was one of the better guys. If you look at his drops, like if like one of the things is adjusted uh, completion percentage, where if you take the wide receivers credited with drops and count those as completions, right? The quarter, the quarterback did his job. He got it to him. Kenny Pickett was one of the most accurate downfield throwers. Where he wasn't great is in the short game where his timing wasn't good and Pickens wasn't the best short route runner. Right. The middle game got better as the season went on, but struggled early. He was good as a deep passer from the start to the finish. The problem is you had things like Chase Claypool 
dropping a pass straight into a <laughs> defender's hands. Yeah. You know, you, you had some plays like that that went on. You had Deontay Johnson just absolutely missing a few throws. Yeah. It happened. But yeah. he is he is there, and I think with this season, with George Pickens getting a little bit of route running, Deontay yeah. Johnson and Kenny Pickett getting on the same page, I think it'll be there. One of the money plays in football you're going to see it all year in 2023 is George Pickens catching passes from Kenny Pickett 30 to 40 yards down the field up in the air. That's a money play. It's it's no. gonna it's gonna come down in our hands sixty percent of the time. So I just and think back, that, those back shoulder throws. Oh, between nasty. those two were insane, gnarly. Yeah, those, those were. Kind of, you can base a passing game off those kind of throws. You can be like, you, you you can't stop this, and then we're gonna run other stuff off of it. It's brutal. Yeah, you don't need Kenny Pick Kenny Pickett to go out there and throw whole shots all game long. You just need to get him to point guard this ball to his playmakers, and and you know use use their skill sets to the to the Steelers advantage it's going to be awesome to watch Jeffrey it's been a blast here any final thoughts before we let everybody go and get out of here uh before we oh man have to get ready for bed before work starts again tomorrow oh not for you yep. though no, no I'm, I'm actually getting out of here and checking my list, making sure my passport's in order, heading Check to the airport twice. at 2 a.m. this morning. Woo. Yowza. But that's going to be fun. But no, my thought is thank you, everyone, for being here. Yes. I love – I love I other shows I don't get to interact as much with the with the live chat. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being in the live chat. It makes it so much fun. Uh, you guys really are the stars of the show. We're just here having fun talking sports with you. So thank you so much for being here letting us do this. And I'll be here every week on the Steelers Q&A, Sunday night Q&A from the Steel Curtain Network. Next week, we'll have a new guest for you as well. And uh, Jeffrey, thanks to you for coming on this week. For Jeffrey Benedict, I'm Jeremy Betts. That's going to do it for us here on the Steeler. Uh, I won't keep wanting to say the Steelers Fix because that's my <laughs> main podcast. But this is the Sunday night Q&A. I hope you all have a fantastic evening. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.